Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's Friday. Friday. Welcome to Back to Cover. Hit the high porn, Brad. Let's go. Boom. Oh, yeah. Feel the beat drop. What's good? Friday morning podcast back again this week. I am Micah. That is Brad Key. You haven't heard his voice yet, but here he is. Brad, what's happening? It's me. What's up, bro? Uh, what's Gucci? How you doing? Uh, just another day in, in paradise or quarantine hell, one or the other. Happy new weekend to you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Happy new weekend to you. What's happening? Happy what you guys weekend. doing? You got anything going big going this weekend? No, nothing. Just watching some cage fights Saturday. Ooh, that's that's big plans. That's literally the most exciting thing in my life. Uh, but that's it. You know, things are happening here. Things are happening here. Okay. All right. Uh, sports are sort of. I mean, I don't know if they're happening, but news is happening about sports. So that's something. And, Anything uh, sports related, news or otherwise, I'm in. Sports. Well, great. Yeah. Here we go. It's uh, time for backdoor cover. As always, I'm Micah. That is Brad Key. Uh, I will also give a little self-promotion here. Of course, Mind of Micah. Shocker. This week, a first a first ever four-part read of the week. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Four-part read of the week. It's all about Quibi, and it is hilarious. Uh, Quibi's downfall. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Quimby, Part the four, new I believe, uh, is, streaming service? That's right. Part four, I believe, is up today. Go listen to all of them. And uh, I'm really excited about what I'm going to release on Monday, I think. I'm going to try and record it today and release it Monday. So we'll have fresh content there on Mind of Micah first thing Monday morning uh, for your non-commute. You uh, working hard, maybe, boy. Maybe your Peloton time. Shouts to uh, the bad boys of Pelly. How many are you up to? How back. many people are on your, uh, on your squad? I don't know. I think it was like 50 or something. Ooh. So if you're on Peloton, hit us with hashtag bad boys more of Pelly. followers I'm than I got on Instagram. Yeah, at Michael Weiner, too, on Twitter and Instagram, M-I-C-A-H-W-I-E-N-E-R, and, of course, on Peloton as well now. Okay, Didn't you have a, an account that was Micah TX? Uh, Does that still exist? Might have been on Pornhub or something. <laughs> uh, you scumbag. No, I okay. forget. That was, some, that was some social media that was Micah TX. I forget what it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Snapchat. Snapchat. Ah, yeah, add it. me there, at Micah TX. I forgot about that. Yeah, Snapchat's um, dying out. Yeah, it's tough. Hey, let's. You know what else is tough? Let's start start with the biggest news in, in my mind, anyway. College mm. football. Uh, but before we do, a, a, a reminder: we record another backdoor cover episode on Wednesday. Before we start recording, or at the outset, Brad and I said, I th- or I told Brad, I believe this may be the best episode we'll ever do, and it was perhaps one of the greatest episodes we've ever done. It's pretty lit, and I think everything's still topical. So. You know, trying to get a little sports update. Go back and listen to Wednesday's episode as well. It might be because there's just no sports, and so having things to talk about for an entire hour was, you know, enthralling. Maybe maybe it it's nice. just uh, yeah, recency bias that you think it's the greatest, but it was pretty good. I thought it was good, and uh, you know, now is the time. If you've got friends that have ever listened to this podcast, if you talk to friends about backdoor cover, um, tell them to check it out again. Because as we ramp up towards football season, if that happens. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna want you to be our listeners. We want we want everybody to be a part of it. Maybe the maybe somebody unsubscribed or they stopped downloading. But if you got buddies that have you've talked to the podcast about, share it again. We really appreciate it. All right, let's get on with the biggest news in my mind anyway. College football. Yesterday, the Big Ten basically or the Big Ten announced that they're only gonna play conference games. 
which is essentially a bomb being dropped because I did see some stuff that the other conferences are meeting were set to meet today, and the Big Ten just announced it yesterday, sort of went rogue. Um, hmm. This is going to lead to a domino effect. I'm, I'm going to imagine that all the conferences are going to take this same approach. Um, this is fucking huge, terrible news in my mind. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's... It's interesting, so... That's my first takeaway. Yeah, my first impression, it, this seems like a good move for the Big Ten, and I may be totally off-based, but doesn't it always seem like somebody big in the Big Ten, one of their contending teams, loses to, an, like, a whatever, a Pac-12 team or SEC team? Of course. And it always just kind of puts a little bit of a, I don't know, a smear on the Big Ten as their season progresses. So if they don't have the opportunity to go face, like, an Oregon or whoever it is in the first game of the season at a, a mutual site... That seems like a good move. For the rest of us, uh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is how they're doing this for all all sports in the fall if they're played. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. Notre Dame's AD is saying uh, an on time start to the season is less likely. Uh, what this means for Notre Dame is confusing because the ACC is is leaning towards doing the same thing. Um, Let me ask you something. Notre Dame, of course, doesn't have a conference, so. Uh -huh. You know that it changes kind of what would happen there. So it's uh, this is a wild time. Do you think that the reason they have canceled the non-conference stuff is strictly because it's the earliest part of the season and they don't think they're going to be ready in time, or do no. you think it has to do with travel? No, because they they claim this for all sports. The mm -hmm. the quote from the Big Ten commissioner: "By limiting competition to other Big Ten institutions, the conference will have the greatest flexibility to adjust its own operations throughout the season and make quick." decisions in real time based on the most current evolving medical advice and fluid nature of the pandemic. Uh, there's People are saying this will minimize travel, which it might. I think the thing that no one's actually saying, but I think is, is key here, is that these Power Five conferences will be able to institute testing protocols yeah. that the smaller schools so can't do. And so if you're Michigan and you're requiring every school in the Big Ten to do daily tests or weekly tests or whatever it is, and you go play Eastern Michigan, and they don't have the budget to test 85 players every week, and you end up getting it, and you bring it into the Big Ten, you fucked everybody. And that's uh, super so relevant like, to the This is really SEC. a fuck you to the smaller schools. Yeah, because the SEC plays the worst non-conference schedule in America every year. They're playing like well, Lafayette and stuff. Yeah, that's true. So, and yeah. the, SEC, the SEC did have seven games scheduled with the Big Ten. I'm assuming this is going to happen on all the conferences. The The dominoes will fall. The The SEC and the Big 12 have not announced this yet, but we're getting there. I mean, well, it, this I is it. the way this is going to go. I don't and like really, it. Yeah, I mean, I don't – it's bad. And Essentially, it's really we're bad losing five weeks of the football season, right? Uh, yeah, like six or seven, I think. Holy and we're crap. in really – we're in really bad, bad shape for the small schools because a lot of these small schools make – a million, two million dollars playing these games against bigger schools, right? And that's that could their be big twenty or thirty percent of, of their football budget. Yeah, yeah, two million dollars to a school that has a an eight or ten million dollar football budget, and that football program might be the only program that makes money on campus is a major deal. Um, and you know, so I, if you're if you play in the MAC, and the only way that you make money on the season is because you play at Alabama, uh, and now you can't play Alabama and make two million dollars, this. It, it makes these these smaller schools are in real jeopardy. Operating budgets all this are in jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, if if you can't make money playing football and it's dangerous, you're not going to play football. I I would think is going to be where some of these schools end up. Mm. Uh, 
yeah, it's scary. It's scary. It's a weird. It's yeah. It's uh. This is a bad deal. And nothing about this Big Ten announcement said like we're open to the spring either. Uh, but is there we'll a chance see. they there's can some, go back? Supposedly, I mean, there's a chance anything can happen. Okay. And there's also uh, the ACC said they're going to delay all fall sports until September first. Saw yesterday that Stanford dropped eleven sports. Uh, made the announcement that they dropped eleven sports, which just seems crazy. But they had a bunch of like old school country club sports. Yeah. Uh, that they dropped. Did you know that like 12% of the population, the student population at Stanford is an athlete? No. Really? And uh, there, that means there's like 240. I, I read that these 11 sports are going to mean like 240 athletes are no longer going to have spo- scholarships. I don't know if that's going to happen this year or next year. Wow. And tuition's $75,000 at Stanford. It's if not you do cheap. The math, yeah, it ain't 240 cheap. times uh, 75,000 is like more than $10 million just in revenue. Like that's a, that's, Schools are going to be doing this. Now, most schools don't cost $75,000, but that's uh, there's a yeah. lot going on here. Not to mention the, the Ivy sure League, of course. housing is I'm, expensive as hell out there. I'm sure everything yeah. is expensive as hell out there. So, The Ivy League on Wednesday ruled out playing all sports this fall. Uh, God, I, I just don't know. I mean, the, the way that I, the, where I'm sitting, I think the NFL is going to give this thing a go just because there's too much money at stake and mm-hmm. they have a centralized thing. This, again, for the millionth time, shows the weakness and the chaos that is college football. There is no national commissioner. The NCAA has no power to do anything, basically. And so you have no uniform policy. And while Roger Goodell is a clown and everybody hates him, at least, like, they have a plan. You, I, I, I think. I mean, um, where these, these uh, college teams have, there's no, no one instituting a plan. And yeah, so the governing if, if body doesn't chaos. have power over the entire whatever entity of over anybody, the NCAA. Basically. Right, exactly. So they don't have uniform across the board regulations or any of that stuff. Everything's state by state, school by school. It's uh, and there's so many of them. Like, it's just going to be a total crapshoot. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and I I, th- I think this is this seems like a and, and the other thing is you're paying your players in pro football of course. Uh, to play, you know, and paying them well. You know, if they want to play in unsafe conditions, they're getting paid to do it. If you're a college football player and you feel like you're unsafe, like it's a different, it's a different deal if you're playing for a free education. Um, you know, for me, this is if if football gets canceled or if these small schools, I mean, if you're Texas State or something like you know a school in a smaller Division One conference and you don't get to play football and that's the gener- the revenue that generates for all of your uh, athletic programs like what mm-hmm. does that do if the entire season's closed and we for the last 10 15 really 20 or 30 years probably we've had a nuclear arm race in facilities in college football right and college sports in general these schools are making more money than ever before but none of them make money they all they most of them uh generate like they, they end up loss, losing, right? yeah. They operate at a loss, or or maybe break even. And most schools operate at a loss, and it's not because they're not bringing in a lot of revenue. These these TV dollars are huge. They're spending it all, and they have to spend it because everyone else is spending it all. And so I would imagine that if you've got a nice football facility now, you might have the nicest college football facility for the next ten years because you there's just no way. Even, these schools are just, you know, they always talk about. And you should have six months savings hawked away at all mm-hmm. times, right? And millennials 
who have come into bad job markets and are dealing with this have always laughed at that. Like that was a big thing on PGP where it's like, yeah, who's got six months like salary just hocked away, not saving yeah. or not spent. None of these college football programs have planned for the event that they're not going to make money for a year in football. Like it's just none. Of, and so you're going to be, you're going to have like these facilities aren't getting upgraded. Uh, if you're if you're you're a high school senior and, ex- and you're expected to go to a dope facility, if it's not built, you're not going to see it. And uh, these football coaches that have been making, they've been getting you know twenty percent raves raises every year for ten years. That's mm-hmm. not going to happen either. The years of of paying two assistants over a million dollars or two million dollars or whatever, uh, that's not that can, that can't happen either. This is a, there's a there's a bubble that's going to burst, and. Uh, and if they don't play football and with crowds too, I mean, because that does make up for a lot of revenue, we're, which is certainly won't happen. Um, you know, I, that's why I think you just got to punt this thing to the fall. I'm ready for the, to the spring. I don't know. I'm rambling now. I don't know what you think about all this, but this is major. Uh, I want them to play, and I want them to play in the fall. I don't want them to play the whole schedule, and I just want it my way. Is that okay? Well, that would be. I don't great. think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen either. We'll see. I just think the best the best move now is that we all hope and pray there's a vaccine, yes. or and or treatment that that is somehow ready before the end of the year, and we we kick this thing off in the spring, and we have the fucking Rose Bowl on Labor Day. Like, I don't care. Let's do it, and and have a full college football season. Playing, you know, and the other thing is, uh. I have bad news for teams like Kansas, yeah. who uh, who was kind of you know trying to you got less miles, you're trying to bounce back. If you've got to play uh, nine games against conference teams and you go zero and nine, that's going to be tough, fam. It's yeah, gonna be real they're tough. still they're still having uh, Snoop Dogg concerts for the basketball team though. Yeah, throwing dollars in the, the air with strippers and shit. Uh, this is big, and this is the tip of the iceberg, I would say. So we will. I I don't feel like this is getting the attention it deserves. Uh, Iceberg, like this right is, ahead. This is the top story. This is it. Everything else that's going on around here is is unimportant. And it seems like the NFL is just like we have you heard a, a damn word from Roger Goodell after he uh after we watched him announce picks from his living room or his basement? I have not. No, they've been pretty like, quiet, haven't they? We've heard they they haven't done anything. And we you know, we hear from Adam Silver all the time, and most of the time Adam Silver says, you know, we don't know. Uh, we haven't heard anything from it, Roger Goodell. To to just be moving forward like, oh, we're still going to have football, seems crazy. And I, I feel like they're going to find a I just, I hope I to do God too. they find I a totally way. I totally think they are. Absolutely. I mean, but how, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Think about how dope the NFL would be if they played games on Saturday and Sunday in the fall because well, there's no, and then no college that, football. And then college football comes back and plays on Saturday and Sunday in the spring. I'm in it's not like they're. It. It's not like being the only sport is that big of a deal for the NFL because they are they get the market share no matter what. But if mm-hmm. they're the only sport and there hasn't been sports forever, we'll see if the NBA goes down. I'm, I think it I think it will. They're in the they're in a they have a good system in place and it's it seems to be moving forward, so that should be going on as well, but man, there's going to be so much anticipation for the start of regular sports and like live TV and it could be a really big opportunity for the NFL to go kind of more global. So we'll see. That may be true. Yeah. Um, how about let's let's talk about the NFL for a minute. How about uh, the NFL banning 
jersey exchanges because of coronavirus, hmm. which is the most hilarious thing. Yeah, I've ever go heard. block this guy for four straight hours on a field, but don't trade jerseys with him. Is that and, what you mean? Like player yeah. swapping? The NFL has banned jersey exchanges to the end of games in 2020 as the league attempts to play through the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, jersey exchanges have gained popularity in recent years, and their elimination was quickly met quickly quickly met with immediate derision, uh, including Richard Sherman, who said it was a perfect example of the NFL thinking in a nutshell, noting that players will engage in a full contact game only to find out it wasn't safe to exchange jerseys. Mm. Uh, Deshaun Watson called that damn silly in all caps, which is a good tweet. Yeah, that, I mean, it's tone deaf, but okay. It, I mean, I this guess. is just a great, I, I agree with Richard Sherman. It's just asinine, which is something the NFL does better than any it's other. It's unnecessary. You, They're just, just like it's unnecessary. Off for no reason. Um, yeah. Other highlights of the policy coaches and players who aren't likely to appear in the game, which would, I, I guess would, in, would <laughs> include all coaches because uh, they're unlikely to play. Right. They're, quote, strongly encouraged but not required to wear a mask on the sideline. Uh, assistants in the booth must wear a mask as they walk to and from the locker room or field. Uh, broadcast partners must wear masks. 184 people will be granted field access in a game, not counting players, coaches, and other staffers. That sounds like a lot of people. Yeah. Players and coaches, although, you know, that's a drop in the bucket for most college football games. You've got all sorts of people on, on, on the sidelines there. Uh, players and coaches must submit to multiple temperature checks before games and cannot participate if they have a fever more than 104 degrees. If I'm 100, the NFL... No, 100.4 degrees, which doesn't seem that high. Yeah. Every effort must be made to space lockers six feet apart. Uh, that plexiglass partitions become an option there. Arrangements must be made to ensure there's no shared water cups or bottles on the sideline. Players are required to spend the night before games at a team hotel, even if they're playing in a home stadium. Which, no gangbangs. Well, it doesn't say anything about that. So the policies will the go NFL, into effect for preseason and regular season games. I'm if I'm the NFL, I would require the masks of of pl- people who aren't playing or whatever that whatever that first note was that you had. And the reason why is I would want people who are viewing the the game, I would I would want to set a I don't know, a, the tone, whatever. It, encourage people Publicly I strongly to wear agree. masks, right? Just set an example, yeah. if nothing well, else. Let Andy Reid wear a mask instead of covering his face with a play sheet. Yeah, like nobody's these guys. You don't see their face anywhere. Just wear a mask. I think that I I agree with you. And, At this and point, it's see, just like if you're leadership, if you're on television, if you're influencing people, if you have if peop, if you have people's ear and they appreciate you, you should be setting an example and wearing a mask so that other people will follow in suit. And I think that's part of what I this totally whole thing agree. has been. Like the president refuses to wear the mask. The people who follow the president, all of a sudden wearing a mask is political, which is stupid. It it just has so many implications. And it's like, just wear the fucking mask. It would help a lot of people out. Yeah. Anyways. I think you're right. I think you're right. So I'm with I'm with that. Uh, let's see. So that's NFL. We talk college football. Do you want to talk? Uh, what's up with golf this week? Let's talk golf for a second. Okay. Where do you want to begin? Uh, where are they where are they playing? And mm-hmm. uh, I heard Tigers. Sorry, I just back took to a big. Uh, yeah, I just took a big gulp of water. So this is interesting. They're playing at Muirfield Village, and they're playing in their back to back weeks. They're playing there next week as well. Uh, so this tournament this week is the Workday Charity. Uh, I think that's what the official name of it is. It's got a pretty good field. 
uh, I was watching this morning. Phil Mickelson drove a par four and was like three feet off the hole. Uh, had it hitting bombs. He's hitting bombs. Um, it's playing really tough, and apparently it's going to play even harder next week. They, for some reason, think that by not cutting the grass for one week is going to make a difference in the rough, which I'm sure it does to some extent, but I wouldn't think it's that dramatic. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I guess they've got, like, steroid fertilizer or something. They could maybe get it going, but, you know, not a not a botanist. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, things are, uh, things are going down. Matthew Wolf played really well last week, and he's kind of blowing up this week, so... The ups and downs of rookies. There's all sorts of good storylines. And then, like you said, Tiger has announced he will be playing in next week's tournament. So it's good times. Lots of stuff going on in the golf world. I love it. Yeah, Tiger's coming back. Although I, I heard that originally there were going to be fans there, and now there aren't. Uh, I, That's what Jack's I heard. Tournament. I heard there was going to be like limited amounts of fans there, but I don't know if they've said one way or the other if they will be or not. We'll see. Tiger's back. We've got We have like actual... Majors coming up within three weeks, I think. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to look that up. Uh, PGA Majors. Yeah, so golf is going, man. Golf's going, and it seems to be going well. Uh, a couple of guys have, have been tested positive, and they just pull out of the tournament before the tournament starts. A couple guys have actually po- tested positive, gone home, and it turns out they got false negative or whatever the whatever the term is when you false test positives. positive. But you, yes, exactly. Uh, I know that happened to Cameron Champ, and he's playing this week and playing well. So he had to drop out of a tournament two weeks ago because he was uh, he tested positive, went yeah, home, it's the world turned out he didn't in. have it. Yeah, that's crazy that, like, that's not a very small, or I mean, that's not a very large sample size, and you've got two or three guys with uh, false positives. It's like uh, how much of the tests that are going out now are, are, not are that false accurate. positive. Wouldn't not you think accurate. not? And it's not like, they're getting tested, people who go in and get tested. They're just going to get it once, right? Like, if they test positive, then they just assume they have it. It's not like they're going to go back and get tested again like these athletes. So that's weird, too. That's It's strange with all of the different statistics that are going out on a day-to-day basis of new cases and deaths and all this stuff. So I don't know, man. It's a, it's a strange days we living in. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to... There's two other things I really want to talk about. You want to talk UFC? Let's let's talk UFC first, and then we'll talk NBA food. We'll end with that. That's that's going to be the real highlight of this whole podcast. I'm just calling NBA it right food. Now. Okay. Yeah, but but coming for Saturday night, it's Fight Island. Oh, buddy, it's finally here. Uh, Kimura uh, Usman versus Jorge Masvidal is finally happening. This fight came together in only seven days. Gil, uh, Gilbert Burns pulled out of the fight. Oh, because he tested positive for COVID-19, um, I believe, on Friday. Mm. And right before he was about to leave for Las Vegas uh, and then to Abu Dhabi, or actually leave Vegas for Abu Dhabi, where Fight Island is, Masvidal was able to come in, come to terms with him, cut 22 pounds. He made weight as of this morning. This is going to be an unbelievable fight, perhaps. Uh, this is Usman 16-1. and one. He's never lost in the UFC. He's won 11 straight times. Uh and has not lost its second pro fight nine years ago. He's 33. Um, I, I think he's going to wipe the floor with Masvidal, but Masvidal's won three straight, all by knockout. Uh, he has 48 pro fights, the second highest number ever for somebody making a UFC title fight debut. It's his first shot at the title. Man. Yeah, he used to to fight in the streets uh, in Miami with Kimbo Slice and shit. <laughs> uh, this guy is, is the real deal. 
uh, with some unbelievable knockouts recently, including the Ben Askren knockout you've seen a thousand times on Twitter. And most recently defeated Nate Diaz in the Bad Motherfucker Championship, uh, which The Rock put on him. The Bad Motherfucker title is actually not on the line for this fight, uh, interestingly enough. But is it sponsored by Samuel L. Jackson? Uh, Isn't that what his wallet no, says in Pulp Fiction? Bad Motherfucker? Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Rock is the one who gave him the title, though, okay. which is pretty awesome. The BMF title. Uh, there's also two other championship fights on this on this card, which should be amazing. Featherweight champion uh, Alexander Volkanovsky fights against former champion Max Holiday, I believe. Uh, uh, Holloway, I should say. Uh, both fi- fighters made the fight or made their weight, uh, which should be outstanding. Holloway is one of the, the best to watch, as is Volkanovsky. Uh, and then the featherweight ch- former featherweight champion Jose Aldo uh, will fight Peter Yan in a bantamweight title fight because this is the now vacant title. I, I don't know how much bantamweights weigh. That's like 135 pounds, 135. Um, Henry Cejudo is the champion there, but he retired. I put that in quotes. Uh, now these guys, 135 pounds, that, those are, these are small men. Uh, Aldo fought most of his career at 145. Is now down. I'd to hate to get my ass whipped by a 135 pound man, and I know for a fact those two whip my ass. Aldo is on a two fight losing streak, but he's one of the best pound for pound fighters ever. Jan is six and zero in the UFC. This should be should be fun. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. So and then uh, Rose Namajunas is fighting, as is Paige Van Zant. So there's some names on this card. Uh, should and be you said fun. this is Fighter Island, right? Fight Island, yeah. Are you, are you going to dress up? Is it going to be like a theme watch party? Uh, you know what? It is now. That's a good idea. I'll be wearing a Hawaiian bust shirt. Bust out your Tommy Bahama? Uh, I mean, I, I still have Rowdy Gentleman Hawaiian oh, wow. in, in the closet. I might even tag at Rowdy Gentleman, see if we can sell some merch that I won't get paid for. You're an influencer um, now. So there's the UFC notes. Big fights. The other big news uh, for UFC is Venom is the new official uh, sponsor of the UFC. You know how the, the fighters for the last four or five years have worn Reebok? Uh, Are you yeah. with me on this, Brad? Yeah, I'm looking you, up Venom. I want to know what this is. Venom is a, it's a fight brand. I actually have some Venom Venom gloves. Um, it's like a fight apparel. They make it, gloves. And, does it kind of look and, like Ed Hardy or something? No, what's, what's I mean, the brand it's just, feel? It's just yeah. like aggressive fighter stuff, basically. It's, it's not affliction, but I like, I've never seen anyone wear a Venom t-shirt or a Venom hat. I've just seen people wear Venom gloves, like actual fight stuff, which seems weird. Mm. Um, they're they're running a 50% off sale if you want to get geared up, get some gloves well, and punch people. The the UFC says that, pl- that fighters will be making more money uh, than they were before um, during the Reebok deal, which remains to be seen. The Reebok deal was always weird because they never said how much the deal was for, uh, the UFC paid the fighters, not Reebok. So I don't know if Venom will be paying the fighters. Reebok is a big international brand that everyone in the world knows and has heard of. Venom is a very niche brand. So to me, this sounds like a step down for the UFC. Uh, but the UFC has announced that the play- the fighters will make more money, and this is going to change their whole pay scale. So, hmm. Well, if uh, they're making more money, then it's, it's a step up regardless of what the brand is. They don't care who the brand yeah. is as long as they're paying more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that I guess this is good for fighters. It just this is this is a weird one for me. This isn't uh, Nike beating Reebok. This is yeah. Venom, a brand that no one's heard of unless you're like an actual fighter. Um, 
But so whatever, that's that's interesting. And you know, I I kind of miss the days where the UFC fighters uh, just wore whatever sponsor they could get. These dudes were wearing like gun gun store yeah shit on you know machine guns on their tights and gunstore.com and all the shit that they had. That's um, tight. But yeah, Venom. Micah, they have to a announce. product on Venom's website, and you it's like a, you wear a headband, and on, there's a string off it, and there's a ball on the end of it. It's called a reflex ball, and you punch it before it hits you in the face again. I don't know how that would work. Oh, yeah, those are tight. I've seen those. Is silly those went viral hell. a couple months ago. Yeah, Venom. I bet people uh, look stupid look, were using those things. Yeah, but so there you go. Yeah, shouts. Shouts to Venom. 50% off summer sale going on now. Promo code BDC. So that's big. Yeah, try give it a try. We'll see what happens. Um, okay, let's talk NBA. The bubble is finally here. Players are arriving in hilarious ways, uh, including like in hazmat suits, which is just really, really funny. Those I mean, are huge hazmat suits. I, I guess that was just Joel Embiid who showed up in a fucking hazmat suit, which must be the largest hazmat suit in the world. Yeah, they would have to stitch two together to get him in there. It was so seven funny. Foot one or something. Uh, but these dudes showed up. The, the NBA, for its credit, has put everyone, they are staying on brand. They, there has not been a photo of a player without a mask on. Like They, they are doing it probably the way you should. I right? should, and again, we talked about it on Wednesday, credit to Fight Island and to the UFC for doing this. Like, oh, you, I've seen interviews. Processes. Yeah, I've seen interviews with reporters and announcers and stuff, and they're just like, I can't imagine there's a safer place on the planet than Fight Island for not getting the virus because the Unless way they're doing the this is, yeah, then you're in danger. Well, yeah, exactly. But the, <laughs> the safest place to avoid COVID, the way they're okay. testing people, the way they're quarantining them before they go, quarantine them after they get there, the way they're testing them multiple times. I mean, the UFC deserves credit. No other sports league is doing it the way that they're doing. It's a different thing. Uh, but I, I, There's you know, so I, did, many I went on, I went on on this though. Wednesday, but I'll do it again. I, they deserve all the credit. Yeah, it's not like you could do that with the NFL. Like, there's not a 90 man roster on each side of the ring, you know. That's it, it's true, but they, you know, I I thought it was reckless, and they're doing. You work it, inside so. the parameters that you're given, and they have done so very well. They've been very creative. I I would not have figured that anybody would do that. So there's Fight Island. There's your their update. Should be a great card. Uh, Brad and I will talk about it next week. And uh, NBA, we're now in the bubble. The players have reported. Um, We'll see how this works. I, the first thing is now the players have to quarantine. They're in their hotels. Uh, the players have started complaining about the quality of their hotels, which is hilarious to me. Somebody, I forget who it was, who said, like, we're in a Motel 6 now on Twitter. And people were just like, imagine how rich you have to be to think this looks like a Motel 6. <laughs> like, posted a photo. And it was like, it looked like a pretty nice hotel. Um, the yeah. meals have started. That's the thing that people that I really want to talk about are the meals that, have, that okay. are starting to go viral. Um, some guys are, are posting videos of this meal. Uh, the funniest one was Joel Embiid who posted like they're sort of like prepackaged food. And he said like, I'm going to look like this by the time this is over. And they posted a photo of him when he was like 16 and skinny as hell. Um, and then other people complaining about how the food's going to suck and everything else. Uh, there have been some players who are like, uh, Damari Carroll was my favorite who just said, this is good cooking where I've come from. It's, it's a bunch of prepackaged food. Actually, it looks pretty good. It's like grilled chicken and vegetables. And I mean, I wouldn't complain. Okay. It's free. I mean, I don't and know. So the first game, uh, the first game is uh, the 30th at 5.30 p.m. between the Jazz and the Pelicans. So the countdown is on, man. 
Yeah, there should be uh, sort of scrimmages before then. Um, but yeah, you can televise Embiid, that? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. You'll be gambling on it. Joel Embiid saying definitely losing 50 pounds. Even though he's got like, this photo he posted has a giant chicken breast, pasta, mashed potatoes, uh, some sort of brownie, two salads, uh, some nuts, some cheese, some ranch dressing, some bread. Like, I bet that like... guy can eat. Yeah, He's well, a big, that's, big boy. That's true. Um, did you see the photo of Patty Mills rolling in to the bubble with like a guitar and a giant <laughs> case of uh, Topo Chico? <laughs> I just fucking loved it. Ew, I loved Australia. it. Australia. And then uh, you know, the, the if you got the vi- if you got the audio pulled up, we got to talk about J.R. Smith. All right, let me um, get it here. Who? A lot of the players seem upset. Actually, before we get to it, because I'll, I'll read this thing. So the, the the original thing where people were like, this looks gross. These players can't eat this. Like, they're going to have to have chefs in there. Well, guess what? Forget those viral photos. NBA players will be eating well at Disney World because uh, the NBA has will, and, and maybe they didn't for the, the first couple days, but they will provide enhanced culinary options for the season restart, partnering with an executive chef and a chain of restaurants to supplement several other food and beverage choices. Nice. Uh, they have an executive chef who's worked with USA Basketball at the Olympics and other international uh, competitions. He'll oversee a commercial kitchen where each team can provide one culinary staffer to help prov- provide additional meals, which is sounds great. The league has also partnered with six restaurants. Are you ready for these, Brad? Let's hear it. Del, Del Frisco's, Joe's Crab Shack, Morton's, The Ocean Air, Palm, and Saltgrass to provide delivery service to team hotels. Those I was restaurants, hoping for a cheesecake factory. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure the NBA was too. Those restaurants are <laughs> all owned by Landry's Group, which is owned by Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta, who's taking a bath right now. Uh, all of his businesses are struggling. But let me just let me make another uh, prediction here. Okay. If I can get a steak from Morton's, The Palm, or Del Frisco's, I'm never what? ordering from Saltgrass Steakhouse. Like a, yeah. a roadside steakhouse isn't making the cut here. Are I don't know get what the Joe's Ocean Crab Air Shack is. ever. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm ordering from Joe's Crab Shack, but you know, I guess if you want seafood, I, I imagine you can get you. I know you can get good seafood at Del Frisco's, Morton's, or the Palm. Yeah. Uh, so, but so if I can eat those restaurants, like I'm good, and I know that I could order if I'm trying to stay on, you know, trying to stay on weight or whatever. I can order if you call up the Palm and say I need two grilled chicken breasts and uh, some pasta and a bunch of vegetables. They can do that for you. You know, these are fine yeah. restaurants. Is LeBron James allowed to bring his his crew in? Because I know he spent like a million dollars on his body a year. They say of like- they say the team each team will have a culinary team on campus to provide meals. A personal chef can prepare meals so off you can't campus. Bring your own. Then, well, a personal chef can prepare meals off campus and then ah. have them delivered to players. So yes, plus room okay, service is available in multiple restaurants at each of the three resorts. So during the it says during the required quarantine, players when. When teams first arrive, meals are delivered directly to the hotel rooms, and that's what we're seeing now. But after that, these dudes are going to be eating quite well. Mm-hmm. But uh, those quarantine meal photos that surface on social media won't be the norm when the quarantine ends. So you want to watch? So, you want to listen to this uh, J.R. Smith post? Of course, J.R. So Smith seemed to uh-huh. be pretty happy about the food that was delivered to him. Go ahead and play the clip. So, so this is from Bleacher, uh, Bleacher Report, and the caption is J.R. Smith reading the food menu for the NBA campus. Uh, it is not safe for work, so be prepared. Okay. New York strip steak? Ooh! Braised beef short ribs? Dang! 
Damn. What else we got? Shrimp and grits? Oh, fuck with me. I ain't fuck with that cheesecake, though. They got that creme brulee. Okay. Okay, so here's the next half of it. And then the second part of this. Look at the homie. Look at the game. Hey, Q. This is JR out in the hallway with all the Lakers teammates picking up their food at the same time. We out here. You know what I'm saying? Sack lunches and shit. Hey, DJ Spot star all over again. Hey, you trip, bro. There you go. There you go. Look, look. There you go. Ooh. All right. Look at this. The video is they've had like lunches like in sacks delivered at their doors and all the NBA players are coming out and like clowning. It's pretty good. It's a good video. Go check out uh, JR. JR is a full a full on Laker now. If you were worried that he would be, uh, you know, he just joined the team and he was afraid afraid to, you know, get crazy, uh, be weird you in the locker room. You were wrong. JR is just out there. We in five. It's just like five star again. That was funny. Um, so there just you like go. There's your NBA fit. That would be so tight if I was part of five star. It Ain't would be. never going to happen. All right, no. cool. Um, well, at least they're getting fed. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, that's I got you, buddy. Uh, so cool. don't worry. Don't cry for these NBA players, man. They'll be fine. And the, If I could eat at a steakhouse every day for four months, like that would be awesome. It would be the four best months I've ever eaten. Yeah, yeah, no joke. And, uh, you know, and you can do that clean. It's a, it's a fine restaurant. Just, just keep the butter off of my steak. All Hello. right, my dog. Prime rib. Prime rib. Creme brulee. What do you say about creme brulee? Uh, yeah, he had some got pretty that good, cheesecake, uh, though. The pronunciation. He's got it. It's on point. Yeah. We love JR. Uh, I love you, Brad. Love you back, buddy. Thanks for uh, joining us, and we love you, the listeners, the most. Call our hotline. Oh, we, we have a hotline call. 800. You listen? Yeah, let's listen to it. 800-392-6344. 800-392-6344. Call and ask us a question. Or give us a take. Go ahead and play uh, our call this week. Okay. Hey, Pat. This is Richard Lawton. I'm calling 770-554-5776. Bye-bye. Richard, I believe you have the wrong number. But thank you for calling 800-392-6344. That's our one and only. We had two hang-ups as well. You guys leave some messages. Yeah, I, I am... Let me say this. I'm also going to be answering a call on Mind of Micah. So if you oh, call yeah. that hotline and you have a question for me directly, it doesn't have to be sports related. I will answer it on Mind of Micah. That's part of what I'm doing on Monday. So call that hotline, okay. 800-392-6344. All right, Brad. Hit, let's hit the exit music. Let's get out of here. Uh, Until thanks next for time. joining us. Until next time, fam. We'll be back next week. We're going to try and ramp this up a little bit uh, if football ever happens. That's it. Till next that's time. That's it, and that's mm-hmm. all. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs>